everybody. Welcome into the Classic Pulaski Podcast, Season 7, Episode Number 2. Coming at you on August the 5th, 2022, and very excited to be back behind the microphone. If this is your first time here, welcome. Hopefully you found me over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, or the home of the Classic Pulaski Podcast, Anchor.fm. Also, can do a couple things for me go over to instagram and facebook and you can uh, like me over there at classic plastic podcast you can also follow me on twitter at jonathan plastic okay let's get into this my dad is going to be on the show in block number two we touch on a variety of topics so if you would like to stick around would love for you to do so uh if you're in the car waiting uh, to uh, to get to your place of employment. I would highly suggest sticking around. But we're going to get to a couple of topics here in block number one fairly quickly. Again, we have a little bit of time prior to uh, the start, the official start of the NFL season. So we'll talk a little bit about the football game last night. Okay. Yes, there was football last night. For those of you who didn't know, the Hall of Fame game was here. Uh, but let's start with this. Uh, the Deshaun Watson case continues to get more and more dicey as we move along. Last week, let's see. Last week, he got six games, okay? So six games from Sue Robinson didn't feel like enough, uh, but was one of those things that could probably have been done a little bit more intentionally, like... Hey, give me the reason why you did six games. But instead, uh, we just got six games out of Sue Robinson. And then, of course, the NFL had uh, three days to go back and to uh, essentially appeal what the ruling was. And so the NFL appealed and said that they would rather have a indefinite suspension. Okay, so that's a minimum of one year. <sighs> Unfortunately, uh, this doesn't look like this is going to get settled anytime soon. It's going to be back and forth between the NFL. Tell my dad on block two as well is that Deshaun Watson is has said before that if it's a year, he is going to sue the NFL. So this is where we stand. They want a year and they might get a year. But that comes at a cost. Deshaun Watson will indeed uh, try and go after them if they decide to go at a year. Okay? So that's just where we're at. I do think that we are uh, eventually going to uh, have a resolution to this. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays in the first three or four months. Um, I think it'd be, could, you know, like the proper one should be 10 to 12 games, if not more. Uh, but that's just me personally. Uh, but we will we'll certainly have to see. So that's the latest there. Uh, Raiders get the win over the Jaguars last night, 27-11 uh, in Canton, Ohio. Um, you know, football's here. That's great. But nobody necessarily watched last night. If I didn't tell you uh, that there was a game last night, you maybe just didn't sit down and watch it. So, um, you know, football's here. I'm excited for that. But uh, that is kind of where we stand right now. 27-11. And then one other topic I wanted to touch on prior to uh, us getting to block number two is Brittany Griner. 
Brittany Griner subjected to nine years in, uh, sorry, subjected, sentenced to nine years in Russian prison. Brought up an interesting discussion yesterday about, you know, uh, female basketball players. Are they paid enough in compensation for the game that they play? The NF, uh, the NBA players get paid a lot more money. But essentially, Brittany Griner was going over to Russia to play in their women's basketball league. Gets paid a lot more to do so. Uh, she is 31 years old, by the way. So she's, she's a bit older than I thought she was. Uh, but she came in out of Baylor, an absolute freak. Uh, won a national championship, I believe. And so now 31 years old. Um, unfortunately going to be in Russia for at least another nine years unless things uh, take a different turn. She was smuggling and uh, had possession of illegal drugs in Russia. Nine years is the sentence that she is going to be uh, over there for. Let me know your thoughts. These stories, you know, between, you know, we have Brittany Griner in Russia and then we have Deshaun Watson in the NFL um, obviously different circumstances, both have, have done a criminal charge in the country that they're in, but I, I want to know your thoughts over on Instagram and on Facebook. On the other side of the break, I will have my dad. We're going to talk through some things. It's about a five zero fifty minute block. So if you're interested, stick around. Would love to, uh, to hear your opinion after over on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter at Jonathan Classic. All right, so strap in. You're in for a treat. Coming up on the other side of the break, you're listening to Season 7, Episode 2 of the Classic Pelasic Podcast. Classic Classic Podcast, Season 7, Episode 2. Joined now by my dad in the man cave. New man cave. Father, hello. What's up, JP? Uh, hold on, I gotta figure out how to get this microphone so I can turn and look at you. <laughs> what do you think of the new man cave? It's really nice. It's yeah. good set up. Good set up for this. There's more, uh, I don't know, there's more chief stuff than there has been in the past. It's not, they're not overtaking me, I promise. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you need to say. Always a Cowboys fan, but the Chiefs have been winners. Chiefs much have more had, lately Chiefs than have had the boys. Some, so. some good years. Um, I was uh, I was intrigued by your statistical information between the Cowboys and the Longhorns. Correct. Yeah. So for those of you who don't follow me over on Instagram, uh, I was sitting. At Whataburger, Rebecca randomly won a Whataburger, so I'm like, keep praying for that because that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, but she she won a Whataburger, and the one here in Blue Springs takes a while, takes a long while. Well, you can't improve on perfection. Yeah, but they just they take a long time. So, anyways, I'm, I'm bored. I'm like, you know, what I need to post on Instagram, and I said in last week's podcast about how. 
uh, the Cowboys are as irrelevant as the Texas Longhorns have been, or that the Texas Longhorns have been as irrelevant as the Dallas Cowboys have been over the past three decades, which is a shame because it's been, what, I was three years old the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. But I was sitting there thinking, because I, I talked about Arch Manning last week. I know you said you haven't listened, so you probably should listen. Yeah, I need, I, need to, I need to see that. Uh, but I was You're talking there. about Arch Manning. Yeah. Okay, you know who Arch Manning is, right? The grandson of Archie. He signed with, with Texas. UT, yeah. 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 So I was making the argument that the structure of the future of college football and also him making money, why would he choose University of Texas? And so went into that a little bit last week. You can go back, check it out. Uh, over on Anchor.fm or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those areas. So I'm, I'm making these these uh, comparisons, and then I'm like, the Texas Longhorns have not been relevant since 2007. Right. 2008-ish. Colt McCoy senior year was their last hurrah. The last national championship was Vince Young in 05. So it's just making these comparisons, and I was, I was the dogs are going to join us in the basement. Um I was making these comparisons between the Cowboys and the Longhorns being state of Texas, big deal, football is life, all that stuff, and just being completely irrelevant. And so I went, I dug into since 2008, they both have a 55% winning percentage. Right, right. But as a side note, and nothing to do with the Longhorns, as a side note, you did see who the wealthiest franchise Yes. Is, right? oh, yeah. No, I've made this argument for years. So, I've made this argument for years. For those who are cowboy haters, I, I say it's the most valuable franchise in the world, and it, it once again is the most valuable franchise in the NFL. If it was on the open market, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. By by, it, lots. it was like forty percent more than the nearest second nearest team. I think the second nearest team was the. I have to go back and look at the article. It might have been the Rams, with winning the Super Bowl. Um, I'll go back and look at it. Um, but then the two New York teams surprised me cause it's New York. Like the jets are terrible and the giants are like fourth most valuable and the jets are the sixth most valuable. So you're like, uh, Denver jumped up, but yes, the Cowboys are. And it, it's funny. I, I think about like as valuable as they are right now for Jerry Jones being alive, which we're going to have his son, you know, we'll have, we'll have Jerry Jr. and whatever his name is, Steven, Steven, uh, for forever, you know, for as long as, uh, you know, probably the grandson takes over at some point. Um, Steven's son, I would imagine would take over the family business over time, but I'm probably going to have to live with the Joneses for the rest of my life. I would, yeah, but, I, would, I would say that. Assuming that, that, you know, something bigger doesn't happen, um, they're like worth almost a trillion dollars. Right. It's, it's unreal, uh, the amount of money that they're worth. Not not just like selling the team, but as in like the most valuable brand in the world. Right. Um, or sports franchise, the most valuable brand of sports franchise. Maybe I should say that a little bit easier, but it's not like Apple. It's not Windows. <laughs> no. But no. it's a sports team. Right recognizable people buy merch people buy street signs to put in their man cave you know so it's it's good to see it is you know it, it's it's good and it's bad i think if you can be that lucrative a franchise and still be i hate the word mediocre yeah 500 yeah you know 
55 percent at a, over the last at a standard years. but not at a high standard there's I, I compare that to the live in the pga we'll get to that okay but i think there's a good correlation there there's not a lot of motivation by ownership of the cowboys to go after it had that what a couple of years ago really probably seemed like they had somewhat of a chance mm-hmm. and it just went belly up yeah. um there's not a lot of motivation to make those big moves like the Rams made last year to get to the promised land. I'm not sure why, because that would just, that would just see me in it that much more. I think that would take, that would take, uh, Jerry out of uh-huh. Jimmy's shadow. Correct. Yeah. Because, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson yes, from the nineties. Yes, yes. Cause they will always, even though he went and got Switzer, all those kind of things out of spite or whatever. It's one of those things that, you know, I think he would like it. It would be good for him to be able to say, okay, that was my coach mm-hmm. and we did it and it wasn't a Jimmy thing. That's why he held on to Jason Garrett for so long. He thought he could get it done, right? Yeah. Yeah. He thought that there was an outside chance that Jason Garrett could be the guy and he held on to him forever and too long. Yeah. We, yeah Way too long. For several years too long. So Jerry is, um, that's the best way to put it. He is obliviously loyal to people that he shouldn't be loyal to because of his past sin. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah He's I trying to make good. up for screwing Jimmy Johnson by holding on to Jason Garrett for 10 years. Yeah. Or uh, all those guys he's gone through that. I mean, he's had some good coaches through the mm-hmm. years. Wade Phillips. But, but then Bill he's, Parcells. But he's had some guys that you go, really? You know, I'm that, that, pull. You know, that just didn't really seem like they fit. Campo? Uh, wasn't, that a, yeah. wasn't that a Cowboys head coach for yeah, a while? Yeah. Will was. Campo, something Campo. Yeah, that so, was a waste. You back. know, that's one of those deals that you're like, dude, there were a lot of good guys out there. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, for those of you who are new here, we are Cowboys fans, uh, have been for a while. So if you got something out of the first two blocks, great. See you next week. We're going to talk a lot about <laughs> cowboy stuff and probably some things that maybe maybe some people don't care about, but I think a majority of you will at least get something out of the conversation because that's the third block is a little bit more of like my interpretation block, like give my writing a column speech, essentially. Uh, I don't like writing. I'm not a big fan of writing. So, But writing a column would be if I was in the paper industry, I would have to do where I don't have to follow a rubric or rules of the stupid AP, just write what I think happened at this particular event based on my smart opinion. Sure. So that's what this third block is. Absolutely. That's why I have you down here, because, you know, super intelligent. Well, We're going to go golf today. We are. How's your golf game? Well, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I've played a decent amount this summer. We've traveled a lot. Becky and I have traveled a lot. So I've played... Well, Several really nice courses around, mm-hmm. and I'm all right. You know, I'm in that mid to low 80s. Still, would love to get back to that promised land under 80. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm not sure I spend enough time with it to do that. So I just, you know, I'm okay. Well, and I also this is not saying anything in particular. I think you are allowed at your age, if you wanted to, to scoot up a tee box. Well, and, and there are some courses. You have. That, you have there done are some. some courses that I have because yeah. just the sheer distance. Correct. Uh, or I've done like uh, when Daryl and I played in Palm Springs a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, 
they urge you if you're at a certain handicap to play mm-hmm. multiple boxes and yeah. you alternate those boxes yeah, or whatever. Combo. And so we've done that some this summer also, yeah. and it seemed to help. Yeah. And so I think it's more, honestly, it's mental. Sure. It's mental. I can still do it. I, you know, I, I'm still at that, you know, good drive. Occasionally, 240, 250, mm-hmm. probably usually With roll, yeah. yeah usually on a pretty consistent basis around that 230 yeah and i'm fine with that yeah yeah but the difference of tee box is are you hitting hybrid into the green or are you hitting seven iron into the green and so if you're if you are taking the advantage of the combo boxes or the the senior box in general of like yeah i'm gonna be hitting a seven or eight iron as opposed to a four iron or a hybrid i know you don't carry a four iron so i shouldn't no, have said that, i don't but. I don't. I have the I have the four hybrid. Yeah, but uh, I have may have probably made the adjustment this summer that if it's a par five, honestly, unless it's a short par five, I'm not going to reach it into anyhow. Sure. So on that second shot, I'm just going for a good setup to what's a good distance for me to get on in three, and what's if that? at all possible. Do what? What's your layup distance? Like, what do you like going? To? I like it about one ten. One ten. Because that's about a wedge. Yeah. You know, my wedge is when I changed clubs and went to the to the new Callaway uh, Mavericks. I am, uh, you know, I'm anywhere between one to ten and one fifteen on my wedge. Yeah. If I hit, have it, I seen you play smooth, with the new clubs? I don't think so. Last time we played, oh, when we played in DC, when we played oh, in Virginia, yeah, I guess when we played but, in DC, you know, it wasn't quite the same. But yeah, you played all right. Yeah, I played all right. Played my fine. tempo was not great that day. No. And I'm just a tempo player. You always have been. You know, if if I can get a good mindset of a good tempo, mm-hmm. I, I'll have a decent round. If I don't, then yeah. I'm I'm, uh, you know, I'm hunting and pecking all day. I've looked back at pictures, and I I have to be really careful with this too. Of um, I will get in a lack of rotation for golf. I don't turn my hips very well, and actually, funny enough you don't turn your hips it's, it's almost the opposite for me you can cause less of a draw by opening your hips more by rotating through the golf ball so i've gotten in spurts where i've been duck hooking and i've been you know just then rotating through the golf ball and then it turns back into either a baby draw or dead straight and so i'm working on those types of things um so we'll have fun today we're gonna play a course called dubs dread that is the former longest course in america I think it was like 8,100 yards at one point. That's insane. I think it's going to be really pretty. Yeah. Honestly. I did the flyover last night and it looks really good. Um, so I've never played the course. I actually don't play a lot of Kansas courses. I'm, you know, I stay on the Missouri side, but Kansas has some really good golf courses. So, um, okay, well, we're going to golf. Talk some uh, talk some Cowboys. All right. We're going to be careful here. But you you made the reference to the Live Golf tour earlier with jerry about the non-motivation we talked about this in the car last night so we like we pre-primed the whole subject so that way we can be safe with our words we can't so by, the, by the way that was a fun royals game oh yeah, they, yeah. the uh jonathan rebecca took becky and i to the royals game last night and came out on top of the red Sox, and so that was a lot of fun but that was just a little background of that it was fun it was a fun Sally experience hit a home run and, in the seventh yeah, and yeah. put them up it was a good game. It was a good game. For the most part, it was. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. 
What do you think of Kaufman? Pretty stadium. It's a good it's stadium. A pretty yeah. stadium. You know, I don't have a lot to compare it to. We went to uh, what we were at Dodger Stadium, Cubs. Yeah, you've gone to Wrigley. The Cubbies. You've gone to Dodger Stadium. Yeah, have been to uh, my whatever. What's the Denver Stadium? The Rockies. Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies Coors stadium. Field. Coors Field. And then Texas. Yeah. And not that, the new Texas. No, the no, not even the old Texas. The old old Texas. The old, old Texas. Globe Life. I don't, was it remember. Globe I don't life? remember what the yeah it was for Globe Life. It was in the eighties. Eighties oh, is the last time I've been to a Rangers game. Okay. Well. So, but all that said, you know, I know okay. that's not where we were going, but yeah, okay, fair enough. So yes, we did enjoy a Royals game last night. We're going to hang out again the rest of the day today. Um, yeah, there's been sorry, I'm going to yawn, and I'm just going to leave it in there just to show people we, we have company up. I have a test I have to take by tomorrow. At midnight, um, I have a paper due in two weeks that I've not started. We're going to golf today. That's right. That's, <laughs> that gets you relaxed to do. And I, have, and I have church in two days. So it's like everything has happened at once. We're going to get through it, and it's going to be just fine. That's right. Uh, okay, so let's go back to we, last week. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a um, the throwback. Last week, I said about the Live Golf Tour, is that if somebody walked in your office, uh, wherever you may be uh, working in life, and said, hey, I'm going to take you, you're going to do the exact same work, but you're going to do uh, 75% of it in 30 hours a week as opposed to 40. You're going to get paid triple to quadruple what you get paid right now. Again, that's low number compared to live. But for a normal person, that would be like, holy crap. And you're going to get seven weeks of vacation as opposed to two weeks of vacation. You do that, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, okay. So, to preface that is Live Golf's been signing all these guys. Um, the people don't like that one of the backers is from Saudi Arabia. Uh, I touched on that a little bit last week. But then, essentially, Live Golf is saying they're trying to grow the game. They're playing 54 holes each week that they play. And it's a team competition as well as individual. So, likes, dislikes, Dad. And then opinion, and give me your opinion too. I I think my dislikes is, you know, I don't like to say I'm setting my ways. I I've always liked the PGA and how it, um, how it works. Give lots of opportunities for young players to come out by having the other mini tours and yeah, you know, around the world and all those kind of things. Competition is never a bad thing. I'm just not sure that the way the live tour is set up to be. Com- Competitive, supposedly competitive with the PGA is a is a positive thing. Uh, I think I don't think it caught the PGA off. Uh, it, it didn't take them by surprise, but I think they have kind of they've whined a little bit about it, and yeah. I, I I I don't get all the whining. Uh, you know, I've I've, I've I listen to a lot of PGA radio mm-hmm. and. You know, they talk about, you know, you sign a contract when you go to work for those guys, you know, and they, they, they line out the things that are expected of you and not expected of you. If you and I go in and sign a contract with a company to do work for them, they expect... You're saying the PGA has contracts? Yeah. No. They, 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 have, they have contracts that state what your expectations are and what you can and can't do. Sure. 
Does that make more sense? Yeah. Okay. They're independent contractors. Right, independent contractors. So if we are an independent contractor and we sign that contract that we're going to play throughout through this season or this year or whatever it is, for me as a school teacher, if I sign a contract to teach for the next year and I'm past the point where there's an option out, I can't get out of that. Yeah. Unless, unless, be able unless to. that school district has a lot of grace and they have somebody that can take my place. Sure. Okay. So – I can see the PGA's point of view in that, you know, all of a sudden you're losing your big dogs, you're losing some big names, you're losing some of those kind of things. I think there's a happy medium. Okay. I think there's a way that you say, just like uh, RNA did for the Open, which, by the way, I, I think that's the British Open, not the Open, but that's another some one of principle. my things. Uh, I think, you know, they allowed those guys to play. Yeah, And I think the PGA can learn from them by having a little bit of, okay, we don't like what you're doing. We really wish you wouldn't do that. But we, in order to keep the interest up of, of the regular golf fan that really likes DeChambeau sure. or one of those guys, we're going to say, okay, we'll still allow you to play in the majors. We'll still allow you to play a certain number of our events a year, even though you're a member of another tour. I think there's a both and that could be reached. Don't you? Like, okay, here's my deal. Is Liv is going to, or PGA is going to say, all right, this is the hill we're going to die on. If this if this is it, it's. I think the PGA is going to cease to exist. Here's the reason why is money talks. <laughs> like Liv is going to offer these guys, like, and I know that like Rory, Rory was like a big talking point because they had allegedly offered him $200 million, the same his Phil Mickelson and then essentially said he was like, I'm, I'm loyal to the PGA tour. I want to play against the best went out, won the Canadian open and then almost won the PGA championship the next week or something like that. Or maybe it was the U S open. And, uh, so yeah, he had a good week. Like his popularity spiked, uh, especially for Americans who are like very Ryder cup heavy. Uh, but it's like money's going to talk and I know there'll be some that'll stick to their guns you know, Jordan seems like he is PGA through and through. Uh, Jordan Spieth. You have your Rory's, probably your Scotty Shufflers. The ones that have some sort of backbone. No offense. No, no, I totally get it. You know, like, they're not going to be swaying. Like if you if you just look, like go around and look. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Kevin Na, uh, uh, Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, these guys that are on live. Can you actually say that they're like kind of, they've always been kind of squirrely and you just didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like Brooks, every, everybody with Brooks Kepka, they're like, oh, he's super athletic. He's super long. He won four majors. But you've always been like, there's something off with that guy. I think in the back of people's brains, you had to have said that. Well, and Same and thing I, with Bryson DeChambeau. And, he's a nut. And I would say... <laughs> he is just a nut. You should really tell us what you feel, Jonathan. Yeah, but uh, I love the guy. I love I watching do. his scientific approach to the game, but he's a nut. But you know, like, like Brooks, they said, well, he can only get up for the majors. Come on. If, if, if you're really going to establish yourself as a solid legendary player, which I think he has the ability to do that. If he hadn't gone left to her. Right. Then you should be able to get up, not week in and week out, but you're going to be see those consistently top tens, top fives, 
where it's like, oh, he just gets up for the U.S. Open or he just gets up for the PGA or, yeah. you know. There's and something I, about it. I don't quite get that. You know, we talked about last night, and I'm, I'm not going to run far down this road. Yeah, don't. <laughs> but go ahead. But I, I just think, you know, there's talk, they're talking about all this money these guys are signing for. And I agree with what you said. If somebody walked in and offered me three times as much or four times as yep. much, guess what? I would take it. But for these guys that are already multi-millionaires, sure. and they say, well, I want this to be generational money, to me, as the regular Joe, mm -hmm. you already have millions of dollars, and you should, if you have any smarts in your head, you should have already set that up where it's already generational money. Sure. Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't take well, another $200 million to get me to generational let me ask, money. Let me ask you this. Okay. This is a completely hypothetical situation that I just thought up in my head, so take it or leave it. Uh, Phil Mickelson. No, let's not say Phil. Say one of the really good guys comes over and joins. Say, uh, um, say like Adam Scott joins the Live Tour. I don't think he would, but he's an Australian. Okay. So say they pay Adam a hundred million dollars to come play on live. Uh, and he says, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pledge right now. He says it's in public. This is all hypothetical. I'm going to take the hundred million. I'm going to set aside 75 million of it for my future generations of Scott families. Okay. The 25 million I'm going to disperse between different Australian, um, nonprofits, and then what I make each week, the same 25% of whatever I make each week goes to those same nonprofits. Right. So generational money doesn't just change his family's life, but then changes his country and kids' lives. Right. Okay. So again, taking money out of the bad people's hands in Saudi Arabia and dispersing it throughout the world as a generational wealth game is something that I haven't thought about until literally just now. So if like if somebody was like, you know what? As much as I love the PGA Tour, I can't turn down the money, but the, here's what I'm going to do to soften this transition of work because people have gotten really pissed off about this. Oh, yeah. They, they got, got real sure mad. Yeah. For almost like, in my opinion, it's, it's almost no reason. Right. It's just to get golf. that angry. Uh, I'll say that golf. tongue in cheek. It's just golf. It's just golf. But we love golf. We do love golf. We're going to play today. Any other thoughts on the live tour? Or my hypothetical situation? Yeah, that all sounds good. And I like think, if you could, I if think you could take good. if you could take if, all the bad people's money and you could disperse it to good people. That's a, that's a very good thing. You know, that's nope. a very good thing. But you know, then that's that's still putting money, even though you're taking money from bad people. That's putting money back into bad people's hands. Would you not agree? Bad, back into bad people's hands. What, like, just in, in from, the from revenue being, that they're going to yeah, get? Yeah, the revenue sure. that they're going to get. So, yeah. So that would be like that would be like me saying, okay, it's okay for me to money launder. Sure. Okay, you give me a million dollars, I'll launder this money for you, but I'm going to give X number of that to a charity. To me, that can that kind of draws the same line. Yeah, I you know, I just I don't know, man. There's there's a part of me that I'm I don't think right now they're making a return on investment at all. No, no, because because they're trying to they're trying to really make a statement to the PGA. Correct. I, I think I think eventually one or two things will happen. Exactly what you said a while ago. 
if this is the hill that the PGA decides they're going to plant the flag on and mm -hmm. live or die, they could go. Nice, live or die. Live or die. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could go away. You know, they could ride off into the sunset and say this is where it was. Or they can, they can just say, okay, we didn't like how this all went down. Uh, I wish it hadn't happened this way. But let's find some kind of semi-common ground. Before I get really sick of the phrase to grow the game. Yeah. That to grow the game. Yeah. You know, Agreed. I I I like I love that you and I have in common that we play golf. Yeah. I love that I play golf with my wife. I play golf with my best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, uh I hope that my grandchildren play golf. Yeah. Because I love the game, but I, I think that phrase is way... <laughs> yeah, growing the game yeah. is all relative to what you've done in your local area. Like the first tee program and stuff like that would be more beneficial than, uh, you know, starting a new tour with Saudi-backed people. It's, yeah, it's an interesting... Um, here's, here's the thing. It's not an original idea. Heard it uh, multiple places, but what would you think if... PGA Tour had their normal season, okay? Uh, and then for the 15 weeks in between, uh, say, end of September or uh, end of August, September through uh, beginning of February, the Live Tour could have their spot. It's almost like a USFL type where it's like spring football. You have winter golf in other places around the world. Now, you're probably not going to have many events in the United States, but... Uh, Southern Hemisphere, go Australia, go South Africa, go uh, South America, and play golf courses down there. Ones that don't get showcased, they can have their fun and their money, and the PGA Tour still can have their good product by having live players take advantage of being in both. It's kind of like the Brittany Griner situation. You know, like she she was in the WNBA offseason, she was going to Russia. Right. Now we, we both saw how that ended up, but well, I'll talk. I, whole, I, talk I talked about that actually in block one or two. I just whole, haven't, haven't recorded a, that yet. That's a whole nother subject. But, you know, mm. I I think that could work. It's almost like the old AFC, NFC. It's, you know, you can either coexist. Yeah. Okay. And then eventually come together. Mm -hmm. Uh if there there's a way to find a common ground or exactly what you said, why not do it that way? Yeah. I think the issue is you have both entities that have are way too arrogant oh, yeah. and way too much pride and, you know, fill in the blank, whatever word you want to use, use to, a lot of words to say that, okay, we'll just, we'll coexist, but we just won't go head to head. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, the USFL, that's the only way they're going to ever make that league. I'm still not sure if it will ever make or not. Not again, probably. You know, but but if, if it's going to make, it's going to have to make in the NFL offseason. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have to be like developmental, uh, uh, like baseball does somewhat. Sure. To, you're developing players. You practice that, squad players from the year that want to change the NFL, so they're going to go play in the USFL. Right. Already being on practice squad in the NFL, assuming that doesn't breach contract and just get better. And then you're going to get, get some D2, D3 players that would have never been looked at by NFL franchises that all of a sudden this kid, yeah, he just shows up and they're like, where did we miss this guy? Yeah, you know, exactly. So, yeah. Talent shows so on the I, field. 
I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a quick resolution. No. No. It's going to keep on for I'll a long time. we talking about this 10 years from now. Yeah. Easily. I, I don't, yeah. It's Then again, we, we talk about just in general, like sports are evergreen for the most part. Uh, that just being that you can always talk about them because they're always going to have some sort of conflict. There's rarely a perfect sport and some would argue in America that the perfect sport has been the NFL, but then you have the ice or the Deshaun Watson case and the Calvin Ridley case of gambling from last year where he gets a year suspension. And then Deshaun Watson has 26 women come forward, say that he sexually harassed them. And he gets six games right now. Again, completely different prosecutor. Is it, did you read this morning? Sue Robinson. No, you no. So they morning. they appealed. I know the NFL yes. appealed, but go and ahead. they want it much longer. Well, of course, they want they want it indefinite. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I, there's you got the NFL Players Association that are on one side, and you got the NFL well, on the I'm other. I'm now interested and, to see Deshaun and his his camp said if it was going to be an indefinite suspension, uh, suspension, he would appeal and sue. So, Litigation's always the answer. Sue Robinson. <laughs> Sue Robinson was like, I can see how how messed up this system is. I'm going to give him six games because you wouldn't do anything more than that anyways. And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. We want, we want all the games suspension next year. And so now it's going to be Deshaun and his camp doing what right, he does. Right. And so this is, this is jumping to college football, but how, yes. how do you see – this um, <laughs> conference realignment. Well, conference realignment. I mean, you got a lot of subjects on the board right now. You got sure. conference realignment. You have being able to, you know, the transfer porthole <laughs> instead of just once. You, you mean portal? Well, whatever. Portal? <laughs> portal, porthole, <laughs> whatever. That it could go, you know, you could have a kid playing at four different schools in his college. Porthole. It is a portal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's what it is, Jonathan. I know. I know. It's you a, look out it's of a, a ship. It's a portal. It's a porthole. No. Portal, P-O-R-T-A-L, is a portal. It's a matter of semantics. No, it's not. It's yeah, it actually is. English. <laughs> portal. That's semantics. No, well, yes and no. That's how somebody <laughs> interprets a word. There we go. Porthole is a completely different word. <laughs> And portal. Okay, whatever. You know what I'm talking can't about. Just say semantics. And be, that you created the BS in me. You can't pretend oh, like your BS cannot just get uncalled out. I think you got a lot of your grandfather's BS. But I'm sure I, I got some of that too. <laughs> yes, I gave you a bunch. So that I I think that's going to make it. It's semi perfect dude. Go back and listen to last week's episode. I know. You didn't, well, I didn't get to listen to last week. No, so. no, I know. So. Essentially, what I said is we'll we'll end up with either two or four super leagues, um, sixteen teams in each, and then there's going to be division one, division. Two. It's going to turn in essentially to uh, European soccer. We're going to have Premier League, college football, next league, next league, next league. There's a what a hundred and there's a hundred and sixty some odd teams that play college football in Division one. So again, Division Two and Division Three can keep their whole thing, but then Division One, you would, and I, I really believe this would be the best way of doing it. If you're going to do it like this, is it would never work with the conferences, but um, if you had 64 teams, and then those bottom four, 
61 through 64 and kick them down. They get relegated. And then you, uh, then you bring up the, the, the top four of division two. Sure. Not division two, but the second level. Second tier. Uh, I think that'd be the best way of doing it. But. You know, I, I believe that college football has come back to where it was. I graduated in 1979, mm-hmm. and I know in the 70s, you look at SMU, you look at all of those those teams that blatantly cheated, yep. paid players, whatever you want to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Still going on today. It's just not a, out there where everybody can you see can, it. You, you can, can NIL. Uh, you can pay the guy. Right. And so now you're being able to pay them. It's going to bring in a lot of um, – uh, it's going to be a lot more equal as far as uh, teams go because yeah. you have, uh, without naming teams, you still have teams that, have, you, yes, you draw players because you have success. Absolutely. But I believe that you also draw players because it's lucrative. Players are... So we're we're agreeing and disagreeing at the same time because I, I said last week that Texas is Texas Texas A and M these these oil rig you know college towns will be able to pay these kids really really well so oh, their Texas teams are going to have a resurgence because of the NIL well and, and but Alabama Georgia Notre Dame Ohio State they're all going to have that as well because got, they have the donors. They've got from deep this, pocket alumni. So. The tradition. So it, it'll be a both end. I'm interested to see if like a, I'm not sure there's, but like if an Arkansas becomes a player again because you have Walton, you know, Mr. Walmart yeah, Mr. that's Walmart, down there. True. I'm not sure if he's a donor to the Razorbacks or not, but like, like see the resurgence of Arkansas football or the rise of Missouri football. Like there, there are teams that like could in theory become really good again if you can get the kids to come you know but then you're fighting against like the funny the thing i brought up last week is uh jimbo fisher at texas a&m gets the number one defensive end in the country okay they sign him they have the best recruiting class in the country this year texas a&m does so the funny thing is is that the biggest thing him and uh nick saban went back and forth essentially at press conferences uh and said that he didn't offer that kid any money before he stepped on campus. That's where the tampering comes in. If, if I offer you something before you step foot on campus and I make you promises and then you come to my school, I tampered. If you come to my school, then I'm like, Hey, you know, here's the offer that we're willing to make you. And then you say, yes, then that's fine. But Nick Saban's like, there's not a chance you get that kid before, like before he steps on campus, not a shot. Texas A&M could do it. So like people like, the SEC people were like freaking out for like two weeks on this kid. And so I think that's what we could get into depending upon where the money shakes out and how much money are, are people going to be willing to shove into that type of stuff. And then the schools that don't have the storied alumni that aren't as rich, I think of K-State. And K-State's just down the road. Like I'm sure they have some some alumni that are fairly rich that donate. I know they do because there's, Stadiums everywhere, so like you don't get those without donors, but like can K State keep up with University of Texas or University of Oklahoma, all that stuff? Be really yeah, that that will be interesting. It's uh, 
sports is just it's big business. It always has. It been. always has been. Uh, it's whether it's above board or behind closed. How far can behind you closed doors? How close can you get to the line without well, crossing it? It's all gray. You know, it's, there are some black and all, white parts. There's it's just a good chunk of gray. They're way out there at the edges. There's a good chunk of gray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ones that play by the rules are just never going to be relevant. No, they're not. Sad, but it's a bit true. Yeah, true. absolutely. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't watch a lot of football anymore. I love football. What in the world? What's um, wrong with you? Going to hockey games and <laughs> no, I, I well, I've, I've seen I've you watched, go to hockey I've games. Hockey games. You know, minor league hockey. You're not watching the NFL hockey's anymore. Hockey's pretty fun. Well, here's my deal. I will, especially the NFL, especially not college so much, because I enjoy watching college live. I really do. More times than not, I I will uh, tape my uh, pro games. Game comes out the way I want, or if it's a good competitive game, then I'll watch it, and that way I can work my way through commercials. I just hate commercials. I love the games. I hate the commercials. Yeah. You know. You're not part of the system. Nah. It's okay. I'm now waiting three and a half hours to watch this stinking game. I'm going to watch it on YouTube the next morning well, if I like the result. If I like the result, I'm going to get through all the commercials, and I don't even care about the huddles. I kind of sounds political. I wanna, uh, what's that? <laughs> like, oh, if there's an outcome of an election, I really like. I'm going to watch the next day's yeah, results. Why, if not, not, I couldn't give two flips. That's why not. <laughs> Man, people, we are, we are okay for people who are listening. We are so screwed. <laughs> Our world is legitimately screwed. And I would say stronger words if I wasn't much more of a convicted man. But, man, we are screwed. You know, I just don't like commercials. The, the baby boomer generation doesn't give two rips. <laughs> the, the millennial generation that I'm in doesn't give two rips, but on opposite spectrums of not giving two rips. Right. So I don't get how that works. You have the ones that are left over from the greatest generation ever. You right. know, God bless their souls. They're they're not here much longer. Right. And then you have like the Gen Xers. They're just like, nah. <laughs> so like baby boomers like really care only about what they care about. Millennials do too, but opposite ends of the spectrum. Gen X like, eh, don't care. It's right. And then you have these Gen Zers, the ones that are recent, that are like, why is the world so screwed up? Yeah, what's up? They with actually these are like paying attention. Like, why are we so screwed up? That's actually been like. Something I've done over the last couple months is like, why are we so screwed up? Well, I mean, you know, there's some good answers for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. total depravity, man, answers. you know, yeah. original sin, all that fun yeah. stuff that people don't want. <laughs> people people, turn people back. in the real world don't talk people about that. People turn their backs on God, you know, it's yeah, people don't it's... talk about that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a Christian podcast, but man, we could really dive into some of that stuff, couldn't we? Yeah, that's fun. Well, I appreciate you, Dad. Oh, it's great. You have, a, you have a funny story you didn't tell in here last time you want to tell? Oh, gosh. You should have given me a little preempt on funny stories. But you knew that that was going to happen. Oh, uh, one of my... Okay. I, in fact, I was telling uh, Daryl, we were talking about... We were talking about some of the, the highlights of games when oh, sure. our children were in sports and... Uh, Two of the highlights that I really remember, besides besides the senior run, yeah, was uh, your canyon game uh, in in Pampa, oh, where you threw 
four interceptions and, <laughs> and five touchdowns and won the game. That's bad stats, but yeah, yeah. Was that was that close? It was though? five touchdowns and three picks. Okay, well, I, it was I, uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but you got the job done. I accounted for seventy five percent of the points that were scored that night. <laughs> yeah, two One way pick or the sixes other. <laughs> and five touchdowns. No. Four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Yeah, Sorry. and I, I think you may have approached. You you were well over 50 yards in rushing on one play. Yes, that's uh, true. But, you know. I remember that play well. You remember that play. And yes. then and then the second one that was memorable, and this is really, it really is funny. It was that that kid uh, in Canyon when he just flattened his nose on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he didn't punch him in the face. The kid got up on him, and it was all basketball. You rules. just cleared the elbow, and there was so much blood we, we had to stop the game. Probably nowadays, I, I would You'd have gotten tossed. Team. Yeah, you would have but been tossed. It was right at that sweet spot where people people cared, but they weren't team people up for that because there's in the in the rule book. I have this And space. you weren't swinging maliciously. Oh, you well, just In my well, brain, I was. I know in your brain you were. Cause that kid that pissed kid, me that, off all night. That kid had been riding in your jockstrap all yeah. night. So. so it was, what, third quarter? Yeah. I went into halftime just blaring mad. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to. This, this, if he gets in my face, I'm, I'm throwing a bow. And sure enough, he, he got, he got up, just close enough. And I swung. And uh, just dinked him pure, like flat the end of his nose. I mean, out. if you're talking about hitting things on the screws, <laughs> that that elbow went, that humerus went straight into his schnoz. Yeah, and uh, it was beautiful. To, to go back real quick uh, on the the football game, the rushing touchdown. If I ever find the film, I'll I'll post it somewhere. Um, I know we have it somewhere, it's somewhere. Uh, but here's the deal: is it is probably the longest. Well, it was the longest run of my career, no doubt. But it was probably the, uh, as far as time ticking off the clock, <laughs> the longest play in Pampa Junior High football or uh, Junior Varsity junior football varsity history. history. Yeah, because it was a quarterback counter. That again, I wasn't a fast human, uh, but I, you know, fake the handoff, follow my two blockers, yeah, to the and left. We yeah. get over to the left hash, and at this point, I'm about four seconds into the play. And I realized we're bottled up. It's kind of like rugby. It yeah. really felt like a rugby play. <laughs> so then I stop and I reverse field. And then all of a sudden I have all these other receivers and the other linemen are coming to push the other fan back. So then I cut all the way across the field. I think I did one more stutter. Did. I didn't come back, but I stuttered. And then it was a pure foot race against one of the fastest kids <laughs> that I had played sports against. Uh, I remember him winning a, a state championship in track for, uh, for Canyon. So I luckily he was like thirty yards behind me, uh, and I outran him to the pylon. I think it. I think I clocked it in film practice. They they made fun of me for the long, like the longest play. It probably took seventeen seconds. It was long to run seventy yards. It was long. I think it was like a sixty-five or seventy-yard touchdown. That was. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't forget about it, but like I don't just like randomly get to tell that story. Well, and the, come up off the other one is the regional tournament when you took the charge from the big boy. Oh, geez, yeah. In the, semi, in the semifinals. That, that those are really... Yeah, wish off all Hershey. Yeah. Took the big man out. And was uh, he had four fouls and... No, no, no. That was his third three. foul in the first just, half. Okay, that's right, because that put him yeah, on the bench. Put him on the bench. Yeah. And that was, that was a big... I mean, that kid was... He was certainly... Uh, could have been a game changer. We probably lose that game 
not like it's all because of that charge, but we got some early fouls on him, and then that kind of put the nail, at least in the first half. Um, that game still, to me, is the weirdest game that we played that season. We didn't feel like we dominated, and, and yet you, we and somehow won. You no, we, we won by, I think, four or six. But the issue was, and let's, let's just state, the issue was, for at least for that district, there wasn't a lot of defense played, and and you guys encountered that along along the way. There oh, was from not, Hershey's district. Yes, yeah. there was a lot of run and gun, but there was not a lot of defense played. And all of a sudden, there's a team that doesn't just play defense, but plays mm-hmm. darn good defense. Yeah, and so that just took them. They took them out of their headspace. Yeah, uh, it, they couldn't find a rhythm. The be- okay, and this is something that I've mentioned before, but. Uh, Coach Embry, right? May rest his soul. Uh, was one of the most pure emotional humans I've ever met. That's why I love that guy. Is because right. uh, we walked in day one of off season. This is when I didn't play football senior year, uh, and he essentially said, "All right, next year here, this is the def- defense that we're going to implement, and it's on you and Murray Zach, who's there in the off season, and well, I guess Joseph was there too, but me and Zach were starters." He said, it's on you and Zach to get the rest of our football guys in the know about this defense whenever they get back. And he said, and if we get if we give up 45 points in a game, we'll probably lose. He just was straight with us. Like we <laughs> right. were not we're a little bit less athletic than the other people. Right. And we were slower than just about every other team. But he's like, we're not going to give up points. And we're going to rebound really well. And so I remember us working through all this off season and just get it. Once we got into the season and the football guys bought into that, we started running that defense to perfection. Honestly, no, like it, it was, was awesome. All it of a sudden awesome. I realized what Randall had done all those years. And I'm like, Holy crap. No wonder nobody could score on Randall, you know, right. because that was, it was a version of their, you know, their osmosis defense. Um, it's like me, but defense and rotation or yeah, something. It was, well, it was a one, one, three. Yeah. And then there was, yeah, there was some rotation involved. And so we were causing turnovers, getting rebounds. And so that game against Hershey, there were a couple times where on that rotation we'd get a steal, and they just couldn't figure it out. Right. I think we gave up 51 points that game, and so we just were missed, missed our goal by that much as far as giving up 45. Yeah, that was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, Plenty it was really games. good. Oh, yeah, Plenty for good sure. Games. Yeah, so I'm hoping, again, we somebody brought this up. Is Jesus that we should go through and, and watch the games, you know, me get a hold of Zach Murray and yeah. glad to go Collins read. Like have each one of us watch it and then get on a Zoom call and just talk like dude, how cool would that be like ten years, eleven years later, dude, like the, talk through the, the playoff run or just, yeah, well, just no, the just, regional just probably the season. Oh, that season. season really, in my opinion, kind of deserved a like well to be fair, like everybody thinks they're they're you know, their stories are, are just Hallmark worthy or, you know, feature film worthy. If I collapsed all of my basketball stuff, JV freshman, all this stuff, where like people were like getting punched in the <laughs> locker room, like that'll happen JV at freshman year. But if you could like steam some drama, you know, if you're right. shooting a movie, you put those stories in, even though it never happened. Um, you know, there was internal conflict, you know, oh, yeah. go and Garrett didn't like each other. And so Miller sat him down and was like, you two are going to make the bus go and you guys got to figure it out. And they did. And, you know, then, you know, we luckily me and Reed Miller were there 
Was, <laughs> that's kind of who we were. Was we were like the glue. Yeah. And while the leaders and everybody else kind of wanted to just, you know, muck about. But yeah, so might think about doing that podcast. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. It'd be fun. That or a YouTube series. I don't know if a YouTube series would be worthy of it. But hey, it would be yeah. it would be fun to do if you have time for a project like that. God, maybe in a couple of years in a row. Get them with seminary. You got all time, all all the time in the world, buddy. Yeah, sure I do. <laughs> sure I do. Tell that to the fifteen pounds that I've gained on my waist over the last year. So such is life. <laughs> so we're both I'm like a we're both heavier than like we were a last year, still, buddy. I know, but dude, that's my job. <laughs> all right, Dad, I love you. Love you too, Appreciate man. Thanks for having on me here. on. Yeah, anytime. All right. All right. All right. All right. Do I care? Do I care? I'ma just do my thing.